This is Second Story Podcast. Oh my god, I thought. I'm dead. Second Story company member Andrew Riley tells his nostalgic story of heartbreak and childhood love. I have literally just died of embarrassment on this bus. Andrew is Second Story's director of publishing and has been with the organization since 2008. His writing has appeared on many fine pages and stages, and he is currently the co-editor of the first-ever Second Story anthology, titled Briefly Knocked Unconscious by a Low-Flying Duck, Stories from Second Story, available this November. This story, titled Joanna's Rain Song, was performed at Premise in Andersonville in Chicago on May 22nd. The theme of the night was unforgettable, stories of wonder and awe. And now, Andrew Riley. For the first two months of eighth grade, Joanna Harper was just the girl who sat next to me in Mrs. Katz's seventh and eighth period writing and English literature class, a cheerleader who rode my bus, always sitting in the back with all the other kids from her part of town while I'd sit up front by myself, Nintendo Power magazine cradled in my skinny little arms, and my headphones buckled on tightly, the only things keeping my then shoulder-length hair tucked behind my tucked behind my ears and out of the way of whatever awesomeness was emanating from that morning's selection of Led Zeppelin tapes and... (laughs) And I had talked to her a few times, but that afternoon, that Tuesday, as we began taking a quiz in seventh period, I turned to my right just in time to see her long brown hair falling just to her shoulders her brown eyes and soft smile and the sunlight streaming through the windows and dancing across her face and my God, Joanna Harper was the prettiest girl in the world. And she rode my bus and she was sitting right next to me and she didn't live that far away from me. I should, I I don't know, ask her out or something. I, I, I don't know, maybe, oh, to next month's TGIF dance. No, wait. I have a Super Nintendo. Maybe she wants to play video games or listen to Led Zeppelin tapes. No, wait, I've got it. Maybe she wants to play video games and listen to Led Zeppelin tapes. But I I, I don't know, but oh my God, this was it. This was what those people in movies and books and TV shows were always talking about. This was the real deal. And Joanna Harper made this real. But... As she turned to pass back that stack of quizzes, the world stopped once more. Life itself halted by three cold words punctuated by one unforgiving symbol all scribbled across the top of an open page in her assignment notebook. I heart Jimmy Bowman. (laughs) Jimmy Bowman. The red-haired kid from our bus with the sweet translucent graphite backboard basketball hoop in his driveway. (laughs) Always dressed to impress. A friend to all the boys in the apple of every girl's eye. I had been defeated before I had even began. No. No, you know what? This, This felt different. I could change her mind. I could show her that I was who she ought to like. 
I, and not Jimmy Bowman, was the boy she did heart. All I had to do... All I had to do was what? What do you do? And how do you do it? How do you convince someone to look at you differently? How do you get someone to even notice you? Really, there was only one person I could think of who might possibly know. And as much as I didn't want to turn to him for anything right then, he had somehow already won the affections of Joanna Harper without even trying. So that afternoon after school, as we waited for the bus, and once I was sure she was nowhere near, I swallowed my pride, turned to my new nemesis, and asked him, Hey, Jimmy, I think I might kind of, you know, like that girl Joanna from our bus or whatever, but like, <laughs> wh what do I do? Jimmy just laughed. <laughs> Beats me, dude. <laughs> but girls like you, Jimmy. She likes you. Oh, yeah, I know, he said, but girls are crazy, and she's not my style anyway, huh? Sorry, dude. I wrestled with that the whole way home. I, I mean, now what? This, this was the guy Joanna liked? This kid was useless. I stormed through the front door of our house and into my room, stopping to look up at the poster on my wall of the Zeppelin casting its shadow over a line of crop circles, then at the stack of Led Zeppelin tapes atop my dresser, and then at the gold lettering on the back of the Led Zeppelin t-shirt draped over my desk chair. The sky is filled with good and bad that mortals never know. See, that was useful information. That was the kind of thing a young man needs to hear at a time like this. I mean, my God. Zeppelin was just so smart and so insightful, always knowing exactly just what to... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was all right there in front of me. Think, Andrew. Think. What in this cassette crate full of power and prose would speak to a girl like Joanna Harper? Maybe if I... I took a little of this, oh, here we go, a little, oh my God, and just a touch of that and a dash from over, oh, it was just perfect. Dear Joanna, it is the summer of my smile. Your hand in mine, we walked the miles, but now it's time for me to go. The autumn moon lights my way. And when I'm out, I see you walking. Why don't your eyes see me? And not my friend, the boy next door. And when I read the words that you wrote, they made me sad, sad, sad. <laughs> Joanna Harper, I was certain, would read this and be bowled over by its brilliant poeticism and fall madly in love with whoever had written it, me. Or, even better, Joanna would read this and recognize in order pieces of the Led Zeppelin masterworks Thank you, Ramble On, That's the Way, The Rain Song, and Jamaica. This could not fail. 
The next morning at school, I hung around the hallway between first and second periods, waiting for the coast to clear to deliver this missive tale of fate and love and longing, knowing that she would read it and would be dying to know who was this mystery troubadour. <laughs> who, oh, who, who was so bold as to speak these beautiful words? Who could he be and how quickly could Joanna Harper come running? No, no. One thing at a time here, Andrew. Just reach up to the top of her locker. Drop in this sonnet <laughs> and let her discover it because these words belong to her now. <laughs> All through Mrs. Bunnell's second period Spanish class, the scenarios played out like tiny movies in my head. Maybe she didn't go back to her locker just yet and our date with destiny would have to wait. Or maybe... Maybe something, some cosmic force had compelled her to go back to it right now, right now, because something, something important was waiting in there. And then, in the hallway between second and third periods, Tara Swanson answered for me when I overheard her ask Aaron Carlson, did you hear? Joanna's got a stalker. Fourth period algebra, Mike Thompson to Chris Wells. Dude, check it out. Some freak sent Joanna Harper this weirdo love note. Jacob Summers to Marianne Bridges. Fifth period geography. Uh, I think that's from a Led Zeppelin song. Uh, ask Andrew Riley. He really likes Led Zeppelin. <laughs> Justine Hoover to Christina Sale in the lunch line. Uh, you mean that weird kid with the long hair and the Zeppelin tapes and the video game magazines? And then, death of all deaths. A chorus of George York, Tommy Serrano, Lisa Mason, and Sarah Griffin on the basketball court at recess. You gave Joanna Harper some sappy love note that was just the words from a bunch of Led Zeppelin songs. I panicked. Uh, who told you that? Oh, like, everyone, stupid. <laughs> you know she's too good for you, right? Just... Look at you. Oh, I said, scrambling, dying inside as I realized this was what it meant to be found out. Well, I thought she liked Jimmy Bowman anyway. Huh? Whatever. So was it you, Andrew, or what? Well, it couldn't be me, idiots. I don't even like Led Zeppelin, I said, as I closed my flannel shirt to cover the Led Zeppelin t-shirt I had on underneath. Whatever, Andrew. She wouldn't go out with you anyway. No one would. Oh, and uh, nice shirt. And as they walked away, I had to admit they were right. Joanna Harper was special, and I was not. She was a cheerleader. She was the all-American girl and would probably end up marrying Jimmy Bowman or one of the Chicago Bears or something, and what could I possibly offer? The Legend of Zelda? Led Zeppelin III? Come on. Girls like Joanna Harper deserved the world, and it didn't take a genius to realize that I did not have the world to give to her. So, change of plan. The mission now was to escape in one piece. 
If I could keep my head down and not draw any attention to myself, I could get home safely, play some Street Fighter II, rock out to my Zeppelin tapes, and just let this all blow over. I arrived intentionally late to seventh period, sprinting to my seat, staring down at my desk all through class, tensing what few tiny muscles I had to keep from looking over towards Joanna or back towards the room full of students all staring back at me, moving my head only to look directly forward at Mrs. Katz when she called on me. No chit-chat. Eyes down. Stay focused, Andrew. We're almost there. The bell rang to close out eighth period and the day, and I, without speaking to anyone, ran to my locker, grabbed my backpack, left the building as quickly as I could, and bolted straight to the bus and my usual seat up front, immediately burying my head in a nine-page review of Super Mario Kart, thinking, please, please, please let no one see me and let this bus just get me home. I turned up the volume on my Walkman and kept my eyes on the magazine, but as the bus pulled away from the school, I could feel the other kids looking, staring, judging from all around, and I tried to just listen as closely to those tapes as I could for help, but instead of hearing anyone or anything useful, all I heard was everything else. Just look at you, they had said, and she wouldn't go out with you anyway, and nice shirt. The noise from that afternoon growing louder and louder and louder in my head, the world teetering on the edge of collapse from all sides, until everything fell silent. A flash of white light blinding me. Oh my God, I thought. I'm dead. I have literally just died of embarrassment on this bus. <laughs> I pressed the stop button, took off my headphones and looked up from my magazine. She was standing there in the aisle by the empty seat next to mine, hands folded into each other, the light almost making a halo around that gorgeous brown hair of hers. And just like that, I couldn't hear the other kids, or Jimmy Bowman, or bless his heart, I couldn't even hear Robert Plant right then, but instead, lost in those brown eyes and that soft smile and the sunlight streaming through the windows and dancing across her face, all I could hear was Joanna Harper, and the only voice that mattered, speaking the only six words that mattered. Hi, Andrew. Can I sit here? That was Andrew Riley. If his story gives you ideas for your own second story, we'd love to hear them. You can visit us at our website at secondstory.com. That's 2ndstory.com. This Second Story podcast was brought to you by Amanda Delheimer Diamond, Sherry Pentamone, Megan Steelstra, Eric Hazen, Bobby Badrisky, Danielle Azell, and myself. I'm Ozzie Totten, and this is Second Story. Thanks for listening. <laughs>